will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. Today's show, we have the Australia's foremost expert. I'm Goat Grinding. Welcome, Nate Seven. Good evening. Next up, we have Andrew Swallow's biggest fan, the Quizster. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, mate. Also, we have the Lockie Hanson of the North Melbourne Big Footy Board. Welcome, Donkey Chop. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, yeah, hey. No worries. So this week, it's the same structure as usual, except I'm abandoning, abandoning the grinding the goat part from the last show because that was just a big failure on my part. So let's begin. Ramble Rampage, which I'll be leading this week. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Ramble Rampage, it's where one of our podcasters whinges about something in the AFL world or the media, just for the sake of whinging. So, pretty similar to what we normally do. My ramble rampage is in regards to Damien Barrett. Now, he's been writing some absolute garbage. He always has, but this is in alludes to what he wrote last year about Brad Scott possibly leaving at the end of last season, and he didn't use facts to back up what he said. Now, every journalist now and again writes some articles that lack some facts, contain speculation, or just poorly written like a monkey. However, a guy that's supposedly a North supporter, Damien Barrett sure does write a lot of articles and says a lot of things without the facts to back it up. And a lot of it is negative towards North Melbourne. Now, this is not simply a typical tip, chip on the shoulder. North, North Melbourne supporter here, but someone that is generally fed up with the fourth estate being made a mockery of by absolute amateurs. People like Damien Barrett and Slobo the Hutt have given journalism a bad name and their poor work undermines the work of better journalists. Now this leads on to the issue of the week, past week, that I wanted to discuss with the other panel members and it is really, should journalists be held more accountable for the things that they write as journalists can often write and say quite slanderous things that lack factual basis without any major consequences. What are your thoughts on this donkey chop? Yeah, I actually tweeted your data or something like this a little while ago about collecting the data of accuracy of journalists and their articles and uh, coming up with a formula of who is basically the most accurate and just exposing the ones that aren't. And I, they didn't have anything like that, but they said it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. And I don't think the journalists would like it at all because I reckon the, uh, percentage rate would be down below 20 odd wouldn't it certainly would shocking anything to add on this quiv yeah i think uh the big thing you said there was the fact they're not held accountable for anything um tim watson had a go at uh the new flog on the block uh what's his name little uh, little hipster guy sam McClure. McClure, that's the one oh the dude with his Sorry. Yeah, with whatever haircut that is. Yeah, Tim um, Tim Watson was having a go at him. 
uh, on SEN this week because all these journalists, when they're incorrect, they just simply fall back on the, I stand by my sources, my, my sources have never steered me wrong, or some bullshit like that. They never say, yep, I was wrong, I got it wrong, I should have made the phone call, I didn't. But here we are. But no, they will just uh, blame it on their unnamed sources and carry on like nothing's happened. Fair enough. Yeah. You want to add something, Donkey? Yeah, I was just going to say, they always say, oh, it's an opinion-based business, and it's just my opinion. That's always an easy get-out for them as well. Oh, it's an absolute joke. And as Chris says, there's just no consequences for it. In terms of slander, it's just nothing. And they write some pretty dodgy stuff. Something that can be easily considered legally slanderous. Anything to finally add on this, Nate? Yeah, what you just touched on there with slander, um, I'm just waiting for someone to really take them to town and take them to court because you said there are ramifications for this and I'm, I'd love for someone to really take them to town and expose them in court. I'm sure it's happened before, but it hasn't happened enough, if at all. Um, it as the guys like Donkey and those were saying before, you know, journalists fall back on this whole crap of, oh, well, journalism, the papers, uh, the paper media, the radio media, it's all about opinion-based sort of stuff. Well, fuck, if that's the case, we could we could have a radio show. Anyone could have a radio show. Anyone could write for the papers. If that's the way it's going, I mean, why have such a profession called journalism or being a journalist? I just think it's an absolute, uh, it's a cop-out, it's crock. And uh, it's it's just weak as piss. So I think it will take uh, a few people, whether it be clubs, individuals, whatever, for them to take them to town. And they may eventually pull their heads in, but I won't be holding my breath. No, because it is a society-wide problem as well. You see this across with current affair and stuff like that. These guys slander and then they, they just mumble an apology and just move on without anything actually happening. It is a Australia-wide problem. I don't think it's going to be solved anytime soon. Not if it gets the ratings. Exactly right. And that's what it is. It's just cheap entertainment. Moving on to thumbs up, thumbs down. So my thumbs up is the Taylor Garner Mark of the Year contender. And my second thumbs up is the excellent chase down tackle by Marley Williams on the weekend. My thumbs down, and my first one is obviously the being 0-5. and That's not great. And my second thumbs down is the possibility of young Blakey going to the Swans for the academy system. It's an absolute joke. What are your thumbs up and down, Quiv? I am a very happy man tonight, so I've just got the one positive and no negatives other than the fridge magnet, Philly Roo. Um, <laughs> and that's that the match committee have finally swung the axe and dropped some big names to say... Um, that bad form won't be tolerated. I just hope that it's a, a regular thing from now on. And that's my only thumbs up. I'm, I'm happy as today. <laughs> that's rare for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Positives and negatives, Nate. Um, Garner's mark. I know you touched on it, but I want to reiterate how good it was as a positive, as a negative. Somehow Cyril Rioli had the mark of the round. Uh, yes, yeah, Cyril's was a good mark, but... Garner's was a whole lot better. Um, oh, another positive, um, Brad and the match committee swinging the axe and in the pre-show we're talking about no lies coming forth, so Swallow and Lindsay Thomas both omitted, 
no pretend injuries, none of this sort of garbage going on. So that's a great move. Um, and uh, of the players coming back. So, yeah, stuff it. I'm just going to leave it there. They're my positives and my one negative. Fair enough. And Donkey. Uh, thumbs up for Talagana's dancing feet. He's uh, shooing for goal of the year at some stage. And the other one's obviously the standalone VFL side. So, yeah, I don't really have to me. Oh, thumbs down would be zipping five, but that's about it, really. No worries. We'll move on to that positive now with club discussion, which is dominated by news that North will have its own VFL team in 2018, playing out of Arden Street, which is fantastic. That's been 100% confirmed, I've been told. Club. So in terms of club discussion, Nate, what does the North Melbourne VFL team mean for the club and players? Well, we touched on this just briefly in the pre-show, and I think it's great for, um, for us, uh, we can control um, our own players. Uh, we can put them wherever we want. We don't have to worry about an alignment or a, and have to think about what would Werribee in, well, in, currently in the case we're in, um, what would they want, where do they want to put their players? Um, even with the players that come into the squad from apparently uh, with Essendon uh, supporter and a VFL watcher that'll be from the northern region or possibly the Essendon District League, I think it is. So we'll get to dictate where they go as well. Um, this would probably move for, further towards probably going back towards the old uh, AFL, VFL reserves, which would be really good, but who knows how that's going to stand for the current VFL system. How else can it benefit us? Well, how can it not? This is... This is just great. <laughs> I don't know. Um, bring it on. I, I don't know what else to say about it apart from next year it's on. That's all. Fair enough. Anything to add, guys, before we move on to the VFL? Well, just hopefully there's an elephant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can chip in for that one if you like. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, we'll move on to the VFL then, so we've got nothing else to add. So... Nate, anything particularly happening in the VFL besides the obvious news? Uh, just the obvious one. So the boys just had um, came up against, against a really um, seasoned, a really good Footscray side out in the west, um, out the Whitnoble, sorry, not the Whitnoble, the Victoria University Oval, and um, were comprehensively beaten all, all day long. Mountford, Jed and Clark were the best, um, although the, their stats don't really show what a day they had, they actually stats do suggest. Uh, moving forward into this week, so at the moment, as the lists have been put forward, there are 14 North Melbourne listed players for Werribee against Essendon at Arden Street, Saturday at 2pm. God, I can hear some weird laughter in the background. And um, K47, also known as Aiden Kennedy, is playing in the Box Hill Dev League. Maxie Warren's playing for the Box Hill Seniors. And, oh, yeah, so Sam Kerridge, everyone's favourite on the North Melbourne board. He's playing for the Northern Blues seniors this week, so get around him. Thank God he's not playing in the um, AFL because, yeah, no, we don't need that. Uh, the only other thing, and this is not VFL or anything really AFL-related, but in the Uni Blues, all from all reports, Kieran Harp has been kicking uh, three and four goals a game and getting two best on grounds very, very easily. And reading the news is only 24 nights. I 
still can't lift. But unfortunately, it was the ankle injuries that got the better of him. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. So what have you got next, Kay? I've got questions next, Nate. Thanks for that. So, Quiv, right. first up, was the fair game lost at the selection table rather than by an on-field performance? <laughs> I think this is a question where he said he didn't want anybody to sit on the fence, but I'm going to do exactly that. So it's a bit of both. Um, there was some selections that were questionable, um, and I think uh, two of those selection, questionable selections have been dropped this week, um, which highlights that point. Um, but then I think, you know, when the game came to it, we just made a lot of dumb mistakes, especially our senior players, and that's what cost us in the end. Um yeah, so to sit on the fence was a bit of both. Fair enough. Next question, Nate. Who do we rotate through on Gaz? Ooh, uh, um, Trent Dumont. He's certainly got to get first dibs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Kane Turner. That'd be great to put him down there just because he's got some aggro. Uh, I think outside the square with that one, with Kane Turner. I don't know why. Uh, who else? I don't know. I'd like to see Jermont go with him for a fair bit. Uh, uh, I, just between those two at the moment, uh, as for the rest, you could probably rotate half the team through. But then again, Gaz's recent form has not been great, and I'd almost nominate him for the carriage award if he was eligible. Fair enough. Next, <laughs> quest, next question for Donkey. Was the board's reaction, North Melbourne Big Footy Board's reaction to the loss on Saturday night justified? Should some hang their heads in shame? Uh, I think it was justified. It was disgraceful. It was pathetic. They were, uh, what, what were we, five goals up or something? Again, should not have lost that game. So 100% justified. And uh, back to the question earlier, like I think we just did not look to have a forward line at all. I felt sorry for Ben Brown all night, and then it, that was that's what worries me about this weekend as well. So yeah, no, it's uh, justified. But right. pre- people probably should hang their heads in shame. There's always a few that carry on a bit too much. Fair enough. Quiv, should Lindsay Thomas change his style when things are not coming off? Without a doubt, um, we all praise Lindsay for his defensive pressure, but we seem to forget that his number one job is to kick goals, and he doesn't do that. Um, he's, he doesn't seem to play as a crumbing forward. None of our forwards have ever seemed to have done that, but that's exactly what he needs to do. He shouldn't be going for these unrealistic high marks. He should be waiting for the inevitable Ben Brown drop or the inevitable... Uh, Jared Waite drop or whoever's sitting in the forward line um, and pick it up and just slam it on his boot from the ground. Yeah, fair enough. Next question for Nate. Now, I think he knows who this is from. The Port Melbourne forward line has had a huge inclusion in the off-season, <laughs> which is currently paying dividends in the VFL. How do you replace Robin Nahas' presence in the locker room down at Arden Street? Well, sorry, I missed the last part. How do I something his presence? <laughs> How do you place Robin Nahas's presence in the showers down at Arden Street? Um, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer this. 
I don't think anyone I'm going to take a wild that. guess. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess and suggest that that question might be from a guy who was supposed to be on the panel tonight, Greater Gatsby. Yes. Okay. Now, just for the last time, because I missed it, because it was because you were laughing so hard and it was cutting out. What do I do with him in the change rooms? You're asking. <laughs> How do you replace his him? presence? Oh, I don't know. Cert- certainly be an eye opener. <laughs> so there's oh. no one that can replace him. I don't Maybe. think that there is anyone that can replace him. <laughs> Maybe we've got to bring um, Morse back. <laughs> Ma- oh Madge Ma- 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 would have to go close, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, uh, we're we going down that line. Oh, okay. Um, um, no, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Wanger. Wanger? Wagner? Oh, yes, true, true. Yeah, so we'll move on from catfishing at the moment. So, with, with the news of our VFL team for 2018, do you see this as an opportunity for some players to really thrive? For example, Atlee. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that from? Great at Gatsby. <laughs> Stuff him. Um, You're making shit up again. <laughs> but no, yes, just... yes, yes it is to uh, answer his joke question. Fair Prick. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I, I should never let Grady Gatsby questions onto the show. So, moving on to a quick review of the Fremantle match. Really, as Donkey Chopter said before, it wasn't a great loss. Oh, it was just horrible, really. To lose like that. I actually gave up in the end. That was just horrible, the way we lost like that. And to lose to a guy like Kirsten is just plain embarrassing. There were some good performers like Williams, Simkin, Cunnington for the most part, but we just keep fading late into matches. So why are we fading so badly late in matches, Donkey Chop? Uh, well, that's the question. Is it fitness, leadership, or um, coaching, all of the above? I mean, you got uh, those players like walking through the ground in the end of the the last quarter there, and just the whole structure was set up wrong when we could have just iced the game. And then when they they wanted to ice the game, it was still nearly five minutes to go. It was just just bad all round. So I don't know. I don't know enough about football to actually pinpoint the problem, but there is a lot of problems, I would imagine. Fair enough. Anything to add, Nate? Um, this is interesting because um, during the week on the North Melbourne board, someone posed the question about don't North Melbourne um, at any of their trainings look at item um, issues like this or look at um, skill execution? The answer is yes, they do. Um, and I've only been to one training once this year in, and last year we went to quite a few. So it may have changed, but in my experience last year, there was a whole lot of um, call it time management of a game, shutting down all sorts of things and different scenarios that were going on. Hopefully that's still happening. Um, in terms of what's what happened, I think most of that falls onto the players because what can a coach do in, with five minutes to go? Um, and yes, I've been guilty of uh, being on the anti-Brad campaign, but in this case, I'm not because a lot of this comes down to the players. And surely with the close losses that we've had, and so, yes, there's been some bad ones, with the close ones, it comes down to the players. The only thing they can take out of 
this is a positive from the game, from this loss against Fremantle, is the same shit is happening almost week in, week out, so there is a lot to learn from. And uh, if they can't learn anything from that, well, they should just quit, quit the game, because um, there is a lot to take out of it. And there's a lot you can look at in the review, so hopefully they're doing all that. Uh, yeah, hopefully I've answered your question there. No, that's spot on. It's a hard question to answer, it really is. It's just disappointing to lose like that week after week, and you can call it whatever you want. I said on the North board, it's, I just think we lack composure. It's as simple as that. Under stress, we just lack the composure. And some log players don't have that, but we just seem to completely lack players that stand up under pressure consistently. And that's and you're right there. That's evident because if you look at when when players are under pressure, whether it's coming out of fullback, whether it's coming out of the back flank, out of the back pocket, or whatever, you can see when they're under complete stress and their first decision. What is their first decision? And most of the time it was wrong. In hindsight, it was, but um, and then you lack. You can see the players who lack the vision to be three and four plays ahead of where the game is. Mm. Um, so. That's something that can be looked at. It can't be looked at during the game. It's got to be looked at during the week with the specialist coaches yeah, and, um, and line. And unfortunately, it's a lot of natural attributes as well that you need to have that natural composure. Like looking at Vickers Wills, his composure stood out like dog balls compared to almost the entire side. But it's not just that. You look at blokes like Selwood and they just don't want to lose. And they will just push themselves and push themselves I don't think we've got anyone like that at North. Like, I wanted Zeebel to be like that, but he's he's just not. The only one I could and, make uh, that argument for is maybe Cunnington, but his time on ground doesn't support that. Mate, have a look at the champion data where they break it down for the three quarters. In his third quarter, his production rate was just about zero. Like, it was... He, he can't do it for four quarters. I don't know if they don't hate losing as much as some of the stars, like the all-time greats, you know. They just hate losing, and they'll just find another level so, to make sure that they won't lose. Is it a fitness you know? thing? Oh, well, they should be fit enough by now. Like, it, just, it seems like they're just walking, as you said, and you go, why is that? And you can go, fitness. And you can also say it's mental strength and the composure. Yeah. Can I just add, sorry, I know I was just butting in because it's a bit hard at the moment and I'm cutting out a bit, but um, you asked, is it fitness or is it mental? It's mental. A lot of those guys are extremely fit on multiple levels. You can be fit in the gym and you can be real world fit. You can be all sort, you can be football fit. Um, and a lot of those guys are fit in many, many ways. I think that comes down to the, uh, the mental side of or what I might call mental fitness. If you look at people on a different subject who run Ironman triathlons into extreme events like that, they are mental things. And you could be an average Joe and still complete one. It's just how good your you, you, um, your mind control is. If you want to do something, you will. Um, and as you guys were saying, you go, you look at a Selwood, and as Twinkletoes said, you look at um, old mate Sniper from Hawthorne. He has the will to get Hawthorne over the line, or at least tries to or in the previous years. But um, I, I think a lot of this is a mental game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
It's really good. slow, and there's so many of them. We just don't, we just don't have one. Well, why is that? You reckon? Well, that's what it, it gets. Get, does it come back to coaching? Like, are does it come back to drafting? Happy, are they just happy to play AFL and collect their? You know, I don't know. It'd are they be disappointing if that's the case. It really is disappointing, and that's a disappointing aspect. Is these guys that like you can go. Not Look at the runs on the board. I'll go back to like when we lost to Adelaide five goals up halfway through the last quarter, and what's his name? Um, that's with Jay from Adelaide. Can't remember. Keep those two last quarter goals. And they won it. Yeah, that's it. What, what did I say, Jay? Oh, yeah, Jared Petrenko. So yeah, yeah. But it's happened plenty of times. I think even before then we were. We're about the same up against Port Adelaide, and they overrun us. So this has been going on for a long time. Oh, it's been going so on for four years. Yeah. It stopped for uh, a couple of years, but that was more of a stop. It didn't. Out. So it it sort of did, but I think even when we played Geelong, we played them off the park in that semi-final, but they nearly overrun us. Like, there's definitely something not quite right there. It's just certain individuals that just lack their composure under pressure, and this is probably the criticisms of where Thomas comes in, Swallow comes in, they've lacked composure at the times that it's required. Yeah. Which is a shame, Sports. but yeah, the yeah. way it goes. Right, we'll move on to the preview now. So I don't think we can add much more to the review because it was just a crap game. In terms of matchup, well, the ins and outs obviously are pretty big. David Swallow's out for... Gold Coast, which is pretty interesting. I didn't expect that, but he's been rested, and Lonigan comes in for him. And Anderson and Higgins in for North, and Swallow and Thomas out, which is huge. In terms of matchups, I'll quickly do, and then we'll move on to a bit of a discussion. So, in terms of matchups for our back line, so Williams, I say, goes to Matera, because Matera's been in pretty good form. Tarrant to Lynch, because Lynch is the best forward. Hanson to Wright, Thompson to either Martin or Sexton, Mullet probably to Lyons or McDonald being pushed up in the midfield. As for the midfield, I reckon Dumont will go to Gat Gaz. That's probably the general consensus there. There might be a few other rotating on him, maybe Garner at some point, Higgins at some point. In terms of our forward line, Leslie will probably go to. Wood, Colin Jasney will probably go to Brown, and the rest probably just match up on each other pretty nicely. Wits goes up against Goldstein, which is going to be interesting. I say it's a battle of the clearances for this one. Gold Coast have been dominant in central clearances this year, so it's going to be win it in a contest, get it in quickly, and put their small defence under pressure. Guys, have at it. Yeah, I watched uh, their game against Adelaide pretty closely last week. Um, obviously, it was Adelaide um, who were sitting atop the ladder. But um, I noticed that when Gold Coast were free to do what they wanted with the ball, they did exactly what they wanted with the ball. Where the key to us winning will be pressure, pressure, pressure. They didn't like it at all. Um, as soon as there was any amount of pressure, it led to... Uh, turnovers or uh, a stoppage. Um, most, in most cases, it led to a turnover, which obviously helped Gold Coast. Uh, uh, sorry, Adelaide kicked 23 goals for the game. So I think with the moves we've made this week, we've actually brought in some pace, 
which will hopefully lead to a lot of defensive midfield pressure, which has been one area I think we've been lacking on for quite a long time. In terms of second defensive running, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, well, our tackling numbers are pretty good. We're ranked pretty highly for tackling, but defensive running, that's clogging the gaps. We do fade with that pretty badly. We're very inconsistent with that. My theory is Adelaide, Gold Coast will just open us right up on the outside. Like, they're just super quick. Aaron Hall, guys like that, Harbrow, um, Fury only been very good. Yeah. So, like you said, we really do need to keep it in close in the contest, get it forward quickly. And look, pressure, pressure, pressure. And then keep it in there till we score. So Just further to that, I think we need to, this what you're saying, I was just thinking of the word, um, need to dictate terms and not let them have it the way they want to, and you're right about in the clearances and um, through the mid, and not letting them have it all their way at all, which might mean North Melbourne actually coming out of their skin probably for the first time this year. Uh, be a f- physical game, you Dominate. Reckon? So you're well, going to be yeah, a very physical. Just, I think it will, and regardless of where the teams are on the ladder, if you look at just the history that North Melbourne Gold Coast have had, uh, which is not long, but um, very early on we had some very big wins, but then look at the, the times where they ran all over us when we allowed them to dominate um, at Metricon and at Etihad. Centered both ways, and um, it just cannot happen this time. I think it's happened more than enough, and uh, yeah, we we need to stamp our authority on the game, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Any, what do we think of the ins and outs? We might as well have a quick discussion around this. Interesting. Uh, is, oh, I'll just go first, but I think it's great because um, Kimbo actually quoted, "Both swallows have been spat out." Which is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep, boom, boom. Yep. Uh, it, it is really good. Like I said earlier, it was really good to see that um, Brad Scott and the coaching, sorry, the selection committee are, are honest about why Lindsay Thomas and Andrew Swallow have been omitted. So there's no no BS, there's no bullshit. It's black and white. Uh, they're just yeah. not performing. Um, the ins are very good. Um, as someone mentioned, actually, in I think the game day, well, not the game day through, sorry, the pre. Oh, what is it preview called? The preview thread or preview thread about um, is it Proust being on the emergencies list and is there an issue around um, Clark uh, Proust possible and Wagner, yeah. uh, the emergencies? Yeah, a possible laid out. Like, do you guys think that there's going to be a change at all? Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think um, giving Goldie all the time he needs to be ready, which we seem to do a lot with Goldie. You're talking about giving him to the last minute to be yeah. ready? Oh, yeah. okay, yep. Same with Zebel. I see Clark I actually... coming in maybe for him as a late. Because been, it's been very quiet about Zebel this week. Okay. I actually think they, they might go an extra and bring in Pruce and try to give Brown a chop out as the key tool because he just seems so isolated at the moment. And even though Goldie or Proust aren't uh, proper forwards, at least it's another, you know, they're going to take up a, a, a backman, whereas Brown just seems to get sort of two double teams a bit like the last couple of weeks. My biggest thing with them, Brown, is I don't want him playing the rock. 
Um, we know yeah. Goldie can ruck a whole game, but Goldie's injured. Can an injured Goldie ruck a whole game? Uh, no. We can't afford to have Ben Brown, who's already got shoddy knees, being bashed around in the ruck. Um, so so I think... who do we drop out then? Hanson. He's been in good form. He's been one of our best defenders besides Williams this year. Yeah. I'll... <laughs> he wasn't disgraced last week, however. Yeah, but if you're going to pick a defender to come out of there, who is it? Because we can't afford Thompson. to lose a midfielder. I'll, I'll get rid of Thompson because at least Hanson can go with two metre Peter. <laughs> two metre yeah. Peter. I was going to say, go somewhere else with that, but I, I didn't want to. Yeah, I knew you were. Either or, I'd, I'd be happy, but uh, I just don't. I don't like our forward setup because Wood, even though he's he's he can play as a key tool, I don't think he's a he's a proper, third. He's a yes, yeah, should be yeah. a third. Yeah, yeah. And even though like a rusting, uh, rusting, a resting <laughs> ruckman isn't a proper forward, <laughs> it's still an extra you know tool down there. So mm. it gives Brown a chance, and like you said, it, it can uh, it can chop uh, Goldie out in the ruck. So. Because it's been interesting the last few weeks seeing Garner play that third tour pushing up onto the wing. That seems to be his role at the moment, which is good for him, but because <laughs> it means he's not sitting in that forward pocket all game, but it also means we're losing a bit of forward structure as well. Yeah. So, it, it's not great. We do need that second. It would be good when Wake comes back. We really need him back for that contested marking. Majak, I'd, I'd prefer to put Majak in because, I mean, Wake's 34. Yeah, just, well, the rucking thing is, like, I know Majak's on the best of form, but he provides good structure and you can ruck. That's what that's we it. need. Just for this year, even, and next year we can sort something out with Larky or something like that if we absolutely have to. All right, guys, Sam Kerridge, who are we thinking? Got to be Matera. He's in the best form of his life. Yeah, but does that disqualify him, or we you can Ooh, go with that? I don't know. I, I, I believe that's consistent form over like a decent season or two. And he hasn't. He's only had a good couple of weeks, so I would class him as that. Gary Ablett's been a bit of a spud as of late. He normally does. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you went straight for it, didn't you? Fucking. <laughs> what about my microphone head? Is he having a game? No. Nah. <laughs> his microphone head um, no he's not named I didn't even know he was still on the list that shocks me if he is oh well, he's probably not I don't pay much attention to Gold Coast to be honest um, nobody does <laughs> well I'll run through some of the options so Lonigan, Wits Leslie Harborough Lemons oh god Lemons <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go Sexton. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to go Wits. Um, you know, with the oh. injury cloud over Goldstein, Wits could could have a nice day out. Oh, God. I can see that one too. Everyone has one in their career, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah that's it. Kirsten did it last week. Which I won, by the way. I won Carriage of the Week. Thank you very much. With my Brad Hill nomination. Righto, guys. Anything further to add before we finish up? Mm. Um, 
just one thing. I think it's Ben Cunnington's 150th this week. So if that hadn't been mentioned earlier, congratulations to him. Yep. You are correct. It wasn't mentioned, and it is his 150th. Yep. Congratulations to Ben Cunnington. Right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for that, guys. I apologise about some of the shoddy audio. That was a bit of everything tonight. I'd like to thank Quiv, Nate, and Donkey Chop for joining the podcast. Not a problem at all. Yep. No dramas. Thanks, guys. The podcast will be back next week, hopefully with a win for North, so we can actually be a bit more positive, except for Quiv, because he's never positive. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>